everybody and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Today we're doing a PSP, a post-sprint podcast and what a sprint it was. Joining me to talk through the excitement is Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder. Tommy, let's just kick off straight away with your first thoughts on that awesome sprint. My first thoughts are it was awesome. Like you say, it was really good. Nice. Really, really good. It was. Um, Brazil. Just Brazil is so good. It was even a dry race, but yeah, we can't judge. It's difficult to judge the sprint because every race is different and we've had it at lots of different tracks and stuff, but um, that was really exciting. There was action all the way through um, and yeah, it was very good. If we could just get Brazil and make every single race on the calendar, then I think we'd be <laughs> we'd be set. We'd be fine, right? We would. It's you... so, yeah, it's so funny because I'm one of these people that absolutely loves the variety on an F1 calendar. But I would also, at the same time, also me, let's have 24 <laughs> Brazils, please, because it's epic. I know. It's crazy to think only a few years ago there was talk that it might even come off the calendar and be replaced. But... Just no one touch it, okay? It should be untouchable. It should be one of the classics that never leaves the calendar. So when we started this sprint, we were met with a very unusual sight, which was Kevin Magnussen, who was on pole for the sprint. Now, lots of people seem to be quite confident that he was going to stay up the front. Some, myself included, were much more pessimistic and thought that uh, Max Verstappen would overtake him within the first couple of corners. But... Our boy Kev, he proved a lot of people wrong and he kept the lead for the start of the race. But one of those reasons could be that Verstappen started on mediums. That was a really unusual choice, right? Yeah, very unusual choice, especially that the only other person on mediums was Latifi. Now, <laughs> Verstappen was not quick during that race and he normally is very quick. And Sergio Perez was on his tail at the end. We all thought this was an easy Verstappen win. If that was Ferrari, we'd be roasting them right now. So I think this has to go down as a big error from Red Bull to put him on the mediums because Max just didn't have the pace, couldn't couldn't hold off anyone. Obviously, messed up the. It, it meant that he was compromised at the start, so he couldn't get past Magnussen, and then he wasn't even quick towards the end of the race, and everyone just just passed him. And there is talk that Max had some damage. Um, we're recording this straight after the sprint. Um, so we'll find out yeah, more live. about that. Yeah. Live on Twitch as always. But um yeah. Uh didn't have the, the pace on this medium, so I think it's got to go down as a mistake, really. It certainly was a very unusual uh circumstance to find ourselves in when we had the graphic pop up and everyone, as you say, were on softs apart from the Stappen and Latifi. Two very different ends of the spectrum. So as you say. A very unusual call. Um, but yeah, once again, like huge props to Kevin Magnussen for not only getting a great start, we saw him do some practice starts at the end of FP2 from that P1 slot. Yeah, he had managed to hold on to the lead for much longer than I think a lot of us probably expected him to. So <laughs> well laps. done, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> was it two I mean, laps? it's it more two than laps? two corners. Yeah, yeah it was certainly true. a few laps. So well done gold star for you we're not doing abcdf1 but if you did i'd give you an a star for effort yeah. um sadly so <laughs> predictable really that magnuson ended up where he did uh down in eighth because the the one thing about the sprint <clears throat> excuse me is the fact that 
one criticism is that it kind of reshuffles the order back to a more normal order. And yeah, we had the top six being the usual top six. Yeah, that's true. So let's talk about the person that actually won the sprint. And that was Mr. Saturday, George Russell. We were kind of joking about it on the Twitch stream. Slightly ironic that the first win of 2022 for Mercedes comes in a sprint but I'm sure he'll take it. It was a great result from him. He was on Verstappen's tail for a lot of that race, um, but managed to get past and in the end had quite a dominant victory. He did, yeah. Once he got past, it has to be said, the battle between Russell and Verstappen was absolutely brilliant. It was amazing. Fair, on the edge, but fair. You know, going side by side through the corners. Again, Brazil, the GOAT. Just so good. (laughs) For me, Spa... It's my favourite track, but in terms of the best track for Formula One, it is Brazil, hands down. No, I won't hear anything else other than Brazil being the best circuit in Formula One, the best (laughs) Grand Prix. Again, just superb racing, side by side through a lot of the corners. And um, yeah, George Russell managed to get by uh, and yeah, got the, the win that's not a win. I mean... It is a win, but it's not a grand. Yeah, it's a win, but it's not a Grand Prix victory, so it doesn't count as his first win. No, and it was not full points or anything like that. So I guess bittersweet in a sense. But Mercedes, but. as it currently stands, are in a good place for tomorrow because joining George on the front row as we record this is Lewis Hamilton, who finished the sprint in third, but. Carlos Sainz, who finished in second, has got a penalty tomorrow. So a Mercedes 1-2, who would have thought we'd say that that was a rarity coming into 2022? But here we are. Do you think, and I know we've said this for the last few podcasts and it's kind of the strap line that we've gone for for podcasts, but could Mercedes win tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're they're in a good chance. The fact that they've got two cars up there is is, uh, really good for them. They've, dare I said um dare i say it bottled a lot of their strategies recently i think mexico is a huge mistake but this surely this is the chance to even just split gamble with one of them one of them the thing is they've got two winners uh the two guys that want to win that that race they're going to be starting on the front row uh alongside each other and realistically one of them needs to be holding up the stappen and the other one needs to be out in front uh, going aggressive. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, but they're in a, a very, very good position for tomorrow. Well, the best position because they are, uh, like you say, 1-2. But they will have Verstappen behind. Yeah, teamwork makes the dream work in the case of Mercedes, which takes us on a nice segue to a team that had an absolute shocker. And that's Alpine, who... We had Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso getting very close and eventually coming together on the track. And then both of them went pretty much to the back of the pack at the end of that race. Absolutely insane scenes. And uh, we talked a bit about it on the Twitch stream. But yeah, Ocon and Fernando coming together. Fernando actually damaging his front wing. And I'm pretty certain that Esteban had a pretty big chunk of his side pod missing. But we never really got to see much of it on TV direction. Was Who on was fire that at the there, end. Tommy? <laughs> it was on fire. Yeah, we didn't actually see that. But 
people in the chat oh saying my it goodness. was on fire at the end. Um, who was I thought at you fault? meant Esteban was on fire. I was like, yeah, he was quick as an FP2. He was on fire. But he would know he was literally, the car was on fire. Wow. Yeah, for, for me, the start is unsurprising that they're going wheel to wheel. And you just, you knew at some point that was ending in disaster. They've had a few incidents. They had Saudi, uh, being Saudi Hungary, uh, where Ocon put yeah. him in the wall and Alonso uh, went straight to Aston Martin and signed a contract. Um and we'll get into them because uh, he's si- signing to another team that has a driver that uh, is very aggressive with their teammates. So that's fun for Fernando. Um, but for me, it was hard racing at the start, Ocon doing Ocon things of like pushing him wide a little bit. But for me, on the run up to the first, uh, like the, the run up the hill, uh, when they collided again and Alonso took uh, some of his front wing off, for me, I was convinced, and I said it on the watch along, that Ocon's maybe done a stroll move there and gone too late or squeezed him. For me, I think that's Alonso's fault. He's just got a bit too close and pulled out of the slipstream a little bit too late. And Ocon, for me, hasn't really changed his line or anything. So even as the biggest Alonso fanboy in the world, I can't um, really say that's anything other than uh, his own fault. Uh, really, it's it's one of those incident. It's not like a huge error, but Alpine, honestly, they are absolutely bottling fourth in the constructors' title. Their car Mad, is so clear of that midfield, in my opinion. They should have so many more points. We know what it's with Alonso and how many errors he's had to finish the sprint all the way um down down the order is the worst thing you can do because essentially you're not getting any points anyway and you're just screwing your Grand Prix. I wonder actually, I know that, so that will be the sixth sprint that we've seen in F1 over the last two years. I I would imagine that's probably the worst result for a team in a sprint that we've seen throughout any of them. Obviously, individual drivers have had real nightmares. Pierre Gasly seems to incapable of finishing a sprint without losing part of his front wing or whatever, but did manage to pick up 10th today. So kudos to him. But yeah, like to go from starting both your cars, they were both in the top 10, I think, in the for the sprint at the start. And they looked really quick in FP2, as we kind of mentioned earlier. To then finish that at the back of the pack for tomorrow's race is insane. I mean, throughout that race, so the turn four incident that we were talking about, which was a little bit dicey, uh, was reviewed during the sprint. No further action for causing a collision. But the main straight incident, which is the one where they both came together, the debris went everywhere, um, and Alonso had his damage to the front wing as of 15 minutes ago, was under investigation. I don't know if there's been a result to that yet, but I would... I would maybe imagine Alonso's going to get a penalty for that. So not that he cares, he's probably nearly at the back, but what do you think? I just think that'll be a racing incident. Just a mistake from Alonso and he he cost himself at the end of the day, took his front wing off. I know they're not meant to do that, but he was the one that got punished for his own misjudgment. So I don't think they'll do anything personally. But like you say, even if they give him a grid drop, whatever, he's starting right near the back anyway. He actually made quite a few places up at the end of it. Um, he did. He overtook Latifi, which, <laughs> and yeah, Who a few others, as you say. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and then other teammates, which we were watching, hiding behind our pillows at one point because it was just so close, was surprisingly 
Lance Stroll, who would have thought it, and Sebastian Vettel. And as a result, Lance Stroll was given a 10-second time penalty during the race for a dangerous manoeuvre when, yeah, he jolted to the left and forced Sebastian Vettel into the grass and the dirt and all that kind of thing. Another pretty unforgivable move from Lance Stroll there. Yeah, just no, like, you just can't call it anything other than just simply dirty driving. Um, and it's on his own teammate to make it even worse. Um, again, tell me that <laughs> tell me that you have no consequence about your seat without telling me you have no consequence over your seat. Like you can't race your teammate like that. And there's no this is the thing. There's no consequence, so it doesn't really matter in terms of his uh, career path and stuff. But yeah, it's just really poor uh, driving and. Every time you think that Stroll's having a good performance and doing well, he just seems to do something like that and and ruin it. So, Mm. um, yeah, really disappointing. It's just a really poor, poor, poor move. And it would have been bad enough if it was on, you know, you're doing that for the lead of a Grand Prix and you think you're absolutely desperate. Well, we saw some dicey racing last year here between Hamilton and Verstappen. Yeah, on your not own. Not quite teammate. to the levels of that, but yeah, yeah. But on your uh, yeah, on your they're not to like Max was driving ridiculous at the end of that season. Um, it, that was for the world championship, and not that you know, drivers <laughs> don't fight for other things, but you're doing that on your own teammate in a sprint, risking the fact that if those two collide, they're starting at the back for the Grand Prix and costing us in mind so many points. Like, what is he doing? For like 10th or whatever it was. Yes, it wouldn't have even been in the points. But anyway, as you kind of mentioned, Fernando Alonso is going there next year. So, you know. Good luck. We'll be talking about this again this time next year, probably. Um, And now the final conversation point of this post-sprint podcast is to do with Verstappen and potential team orders that maybe should have been put into place. Um, Because as we alluded to, so Russell got past Verstappen and then Sainz did it and then Hamilton. But when Sainz and Verstappen were battling for position, they got a little bit too close for comfort and Sainz managed to take off one of Verstappen's front end plates. Fortunately for him, he didn't get a black and orange meatball flag for it because it quickly obliterated into a million pieces and so it wasn't flapping about um but max had a damaged car so lots of people were questioning whether with perez behind him he should have let his teammate through because max has sealed that world championship status now um whereas perez is still fighting for second tommy with your massive max for step and flag cape behind you <laughs> Do you think that Verstappen should let Perez through? No. And on that note, thanks for listening <laughs> to the Tommy Tim podcast. Why? No. Like, what? Why? Why is it suddenly end of the season? It needs to be like a Perez charity, like Max Verstappen. It makes absolutely no sense because one, it's the sprint, so it's uh, uh, maybe maybe if that was the Grand Prix, and Max is. Yeah, Max is fourth, so he's not even getting a podium. He's not adding anything to his win record or anything like that. Bag Checo some extra points. There's a Grand Prix tomorrow. 
Max is going to start third. Max wants to win the Grand Prix. Why would you sacrifice a position in qualifying when Max Verstappen is going to be the better driver to fight the Mercedes for the victory? Like it makes absolutely no sense why he'd let let him through. Um, if that was the race, maybe it would make sense, but it's not. That's essentially qualifying. So maybe they might do it tomorrow, but now no chance and they did the right thing not doing that like of course they shouldn't it's yeah, one, also I mean, it's, it's one point one. it's one point it, it's true but we've seen last year i know that that was fighting for a world championship but every point counts in a situation like this and i think checo is just naturally hugely competitive person he wants to get every point that he can so that he'll finish p2 in the championship ahead of leclerc um but on that occasion with only a few laps remaining perhaps Red Bull deemed it too risky for him to get past. But also, what what would you get for P2 in the championship, if we're being brutally honest? Like, they've won a the nice trophy? <laughs> you don't, though, do you? So Maybe you get a bigger bar tab at the FIA Awards Gala. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, if you, if yeah. you're Red Bull, like... Pride, you, you know? Yeah. It's savage, but Red Bull are Max's team and there's no doubt at all that Red Bull favour um, Verstappen. And at the end of the day, they're, they're going to want Verstappen to take the 15th win tomorrow a lot more than, you know, I think the Checo finishing second in the world title is a nice bonus, like a, a nice little, oh, this is great. And yeah, that's not what they're going for. Like they're, they're tomorrow, their priority is to stop Mercedes winning the Grand Prix and win the Grand Prix. So well that is a fair point. (laughs) Lots of people in the chat saying um Jag like F1 said no he was four tenths behind him at the finish. Um I cannot read this username I will butcher it. Um but they said Checo shouldn't help Max in the future if he can't do the same for Checo. I think they're meant to be like Checo shouldn't help Max if Max can't help Checo but yeah, I mean, so, if it was for Checo to win the world championship and he was like in a close battle, then yeah, I don't know. But I mean, Prez mm-hmm. knows he's a number two driver at the end of the day. So this yeah, it's always has been that way. Yeah, sport can sometimes be a brutal thing, but that's how Formula One is. Uh, Sheffield said Checo should have driven faster. So there we go. Right. Well, um, <laughs> We can wrap this up in just a moment. Anybody got a question from Twitch that we can answer as our last one for this podcast? Leah SV5, I'm guessing they're a Sebastian Vettel fan, says, can somebody buy Lance mirrors? I've got a question that I want the chat to answer. Oh, okay. (laughs) Spice it up. (laughs) So the biggest criticism, I think, of the sprint is that it shuffles the order back to a more normal order. And we've essentially gone from Kevin Magnussen starting the Grand Prix on pole to being eighth, the usual top six at the front, albeit quite an exciting top lot because you've got Mercedes in front and it has mixed up a little bit. Do you think that this sprint has been a success or not? Is it worth that we won't see Kevin Magnussen on pole for the actual Grand Prix is that worth it because we've had essentially a mini race, which is extremely exciting. And then we've got another race tomorrow. 
yes um, a lot of yeses <laughs> everyone yeah. saying yes a huge success um yeah a lot in the chat a few no's which is un- unsurprising like there are a lot of fans that don't like the sprints but for me that looks quite a big proportion of people saying yes what what are your thoughts it, on that it depends maybe it's best to answer this on monday's one once we've seen the race because if we have a really boring race tomorrow then everyone will probably change their tune and say oh well, it's because all the action happened on the sprint <laughs> and then it meant everyone was in their positions and you know I don't know I guess it's going to be different anyway because Verstappen is now starting in fourth and like if he had finished in first and we had like the same kind of lineup as we would normally in qualifying then maybe it would be different but I thought that sprint was brilliant but yeah my my brain is just thinking yeah but how's that going to affect what happens in tomorrow's race like look at Imola when we have the sprint we had exactly the same thing where we had rain in the last bit of qualify yeah of quali and even then K-Mag did a great great job and he was like P5 I think it was or something along those lines and we had a few really unusual uh people in places they shouldn't have been and then in the sprint we had a great battle with Stappen and Leclerc and then come the race it was raining and we had like Ricardo clips science and him get stuck in the gravel and there were lots of different exciting things for those reasons but the, the race itself wasn't too exciting from memory it was wet DRS didn't get enabled for quite a while I'm really yeah. trying to dig back into the, the Imola file in the back of my brain here but yeah, yeah the thing is though every single sprint is different and every like like every Formula One race every sprint mm-hmm. is different and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't so in this case it shuffled into a more normal normal order but then I mean you could argue that actually if you went and had the order that we had today for the Grand Prix Max is probably starting on the same tires as everyone else whereas we've probably got a more exciting grid that Max is third and the Mercedes ahead of him um so you could argue that but then sometimes it does work out where you know there's what one day we'll get some rain in the sprint and we could have a completely mixed up order for the actual Grand Prix and then it's like it's done the opposite thing where it's shuffled the order so yeah that's true Swift uh Blade lol in the chat actually makes a really good point and said we got lucky with the sprint since quali was yesterday if it was no sprint today we would have had quali in the bone dry which probably would have generated quite a boring result so this is also true things to think about um but yeah let's let's leave it on that i'm getting information through the chat that pierre gasly has been summoned to the stewards for driving unnecessarily slowly so that could be a ban for abby dabby then mate (laughs) a ban for tomorrow if he gets them now right oh that's true yeah well no it'd be next race i think maybe i'm not not 100 percent sure but I mean, yeah. if he gets them today, it'll probably be effective. Oh, if it was effective tomorrow, that would really be quite a shaft at Alpha Tauri. Would Liam is Liam Lawson in Brazil? Get Nick DeVries in the car. He's there. Yeah, he's Promoting there. Early he's promotion got, for Nick DeVries. Yeah, he's had a seat fit, hasn't he, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but oh dear, I would not like to be Pierre Gasly right now. Well, on that note, thank you very much, Tommy, for joining me for this post sprint podcast and uh we'll be back on monday if you are a fan of these podcasts to chat about the race as per usual um do you have any final thoughts (laughs) my final thoughts are that every driver 
that mentions that they're not trying in the sprint and being more cautious is a massive hypocrite. And that includes you, Max Verstappen, because you've been saying that the sprint is rubbish because, oh, no one really tries. You're telling me that you going wheel to wheel with George Russell for three laps side by side is you giving up a position and not taking a risk? No. As soon as the helmet is on, these drivers go for it. And for me, I don't. I I just completely disregard that opinion that drivers don't go for it in the sprint because it's so obvious that they do because we've seen literally teammates colliding and an amazing battle for the lead. And yeah, sign me up. Let's practice more of that, please. Very true. I don't know if I have a final thought that can really follow that up because, yeah, I'm completely in agreement with you. Um, (laughs) My final thought is um, we're going to have six sprints next year. So that's even more opportunity for us to decide whether we love it or hate it. And we'll probably still be having the conversation of hating the sprint, loving the sprint when every race has got a sprint in 10 (laughs) years time. So there we go. But yeah, thank you so much to everybody that has listened to this podcast. Uh, Don't forget to follow the or like subscribe to the podcast on your podcast audio platforms or whatever um and don't forget you can watch them being recorded live like right now on twitch so make sure you're subscribed and following us over on there as well thank you very much tommy and like i said we'll be back for a post-race podcast on sunday or monday so keep an eye on our socials because yeah we might have to change things up for the uh, post-race podcast so yeah make sure you're following us on socials and we will see you for that then bye-bye bye